Megan Trainer is a pop musician. Her songs have been on the radio for a couple of years now, at least. And she has a current song called Marvin Gaye. And the refrain of that song, the chorus of that song, is Let's Marvin Gaye and Get It On. Maybe you've heard that song on the radio. If you've played any of the main pop stations, I believe you probably have heard it repeated quite often. I was with some folks this week after hearing that song, and someone said that they had heard an interview with Marvin Gaye about how that song came about, and that the song's lyrics were written in about 10 minutes' time. So the story goes that this New Jersey boy, Marvin Gaye, was in California on one of the beaches for the first time in his life, and he saw all the pretty ladies there, and in about 10 minutes' time, he had a song. You might be wondering, what in the world does Let's Get It On have to do with today's lessons? Two things that I think will help you remember the points of our scripture this morning. One is that people are people, and the other is the topic of desire. People are people. They really haven't changed much over the span of time. We see that in our lesson today from the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs was written in its final form as a tool for instruction for young men. It had come about over many centuries, actually, the wisdom that you find in the book of Proverbs, but its compilation didn't happen until after 322, before the Common Era. This tool was for instruction of young men, and it was acknowledged that a great majority of young men are captured by the sights of a pretty lady. And you see that reflected in the Proverbs reading we have this morning. Wisdom is personified as a woman, capturing the attention of those that go by. Now you might say, Whitney, how do you know? How do you know that this is how a lot of young men think? Well, I know it because of the fathers of daughters. They've told me this is how young men think. And you see that this truth remains throughout much of time. Even all the way back before the Common Era, many young men's attention was grabbed by the sight of a pretty woman. And so we see that in the book of Proverbs. Lady Wisdom. She has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has prepared a feast, and she calls to the simple that go by, those that are uneducated, come in. Eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside in maturity and live and walk in the way of insight. Wisdom is calling to those who come by because wisdom offers us direction for how to live life. It's in wisdom that God created all things and God gives us wisdom so that we might know how to live. It goes on further in this ninth chapter of Proverbs. Whoever corrects a scoffer wins abuse. Whoever rebukes the wicked gets hurt. 
Give instruction to the wise, and they will become wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will gain in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me, your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The book of Proverbs is one of the pieces of wisdom literature. They're all right here beside each other, Ecclesiastes and um, Song of Solomon. Each of these, the book of Job, are sought to instruct the reader and the listener and how to live in a way that they can avail themselves of the goodness of God. Think of some examples of wisdom. We see one example in Solomon, the king, who reigned in the 900s before the Common Era and is thought to be kind of the father of wisdom. But you might recall that he was only 12 years old when he came to the throne, and it was his prayer to God that he would be granted wisdom. Remember the story of the two women who come to him disputing over a newborn baby. Each of them claim that it is theirs. Each of them say that the other ones died in the night and sought to take the one that she now has. Hearing this dispute, Solomon says, cut the baby in half and you can each have one. Immediately a woman cries out, no, 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 let the baby live. And Solomon knows that that's the mother. People are people. They've been people for all time. And this is available to us, whether you believe the earth is flat or it's a sphere. It's available to us if you haven't completed anything more than the third grade. It's available to us no matter your heritage or your place in the world. Wisdom is there for the taking. One night at the finance committee, we were doing some Bible study, and we were reading several chapters from the book of Exodus about the Hebrew people in the wilderness. And the exercise we were engaged in was simply to notice the words that repeated themselves. And at the conclusion of this reflection, one of the people at the table said, people haven't changed very much. Indeed, this is wisdom. People are people. God has created us, and God invites us to know the ways of God so that we might have the fullness of life. This is wisdom. You might find it fascinating that at the end of chapter 9, a foolish woman cries out, This is Madam Folly. The foolish woman is loud. She is ignorant and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the high places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. You who are simple, turn in here, she says. And to those without sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But they do not know that the dead are there, that the, her guests are in the depths of Sheol. In this singular chapter, we see Lady Wisdom and we see Madame Folly. 
personified as women because that is what most of those that were reading this text, that's what caught their attention. And the student of Proverbs is invited to consider who to listen to and how they know they're listening to wisdom over folly. People are people, right? Aren't we each faced with the same challenge even in our daily lives? Trying to make sense of what it is that is calling for us and getting our attention? Trying to determine what are the right actions in response to something that has happened? We are invited into the way of wisdom, which will direct us. Calling us back into the scriptures, we will begin to see how it is that God works and how it is we can be a part of how God works. People are people. And we can find ourselves in this scripture, even as we find God working with people throughout all time. Some friends of ours told me once that after hearing the song by Marvin Gaye, Let's Get It On, that that was their wedding song. She said to me, can you believe that was the first dance we danced to after we were married? <laughs> I said, well, it seems fitting to me. Isn't that what you would want from any, for any married couple, whether a homosexual or a heterosexual married couple? You would hope that they would have some desire to ditch the party. It's interesting what we do with desire, our uncertainty of what to do with desire. In the book of Proverbs, in this reading, it acknowledges that we have it. Pay attention, it says, to where you place your desire so that it might be fruitful and give you life. I don't know why it is that we are, have a tenuous relationship with desire. I have a couple theories. Maybe you can tell me later what you think. Perhaps it has to do with this idea of original sin. And it is pervasive in our understanding of who we are in relationship to Christ. This idea that we are sinful creatures. And knowing that desire often lives right here in the very center of our being. And knowing that it can be quite large and powerful. We jump to the conclusion that it must be sinful. And so we seek to silence desire in our lives. I have actually heard people say, I'm just going to not want that. So maybe that's why we don't know what to do with desire. It could also be this understanding of human depravity, that we can only be made good by the grace of God. And desire is so strong and can have its way in so many ways that we're afraid of its power. And so we seek to silence it, knowing that we can't do anything good without God's help. In either case, we ignore the desire at our peril. Desire is a very real feeling, and it won't go away. Our job is, as faithful people is to know how to apply it in service to God. How is it that we can tend to the desire that's placed within us in a way that makes known God's goodness in the world. And this is where that gut feeling sends us right back into this book, right back into the traditions of our faith, right back into the community and how it is that wisdom is made known. There is a book by Willie Lambert called The Sevenfold Yes. 
affirming the goodness of our deepest desires. And he works in that book with the motto of St. Ignatius, of finding God in all things, St. Ignatius of Loyola, a saint, as you can tell by the name, um, in our Christian tradition. Finding God in all things, and this book is an exercise of looking at where God is in your deepest desires. I remember one particular line in there that said, pay attention to the desires of your heart. God gives them to you so that when God invites you in service to him through them, you say yes. How often have we missed what God wants to give us because we attempt to silence the desires that have been placed there? How often have we missed what God has to give us because we don't know how to take the desires and to apply them, let the scriptures be applied to them, let our faith tradition be applied to them, let God in community be applied to them? How often in our attempt to deal with our desires do we look to silence them only to come, have them come out sideways in a way that's destructive, in a way that's like Madame Folly? We are invited to listen to listen to God's work in us and to pay attention to the desire placed there so that we know how to respond in a way that is fruitful to the gospel. God makes this point in our gospel lesson today. Jesus is attending to the desire of his listeners. He, in essence, is saying to them, I know what you long for. I know of your hunger. I will satisfy that, and you will never be hungry again. The people in the wilderness, your ancestors, ate the manna and they died. But with me, Christ says, you will live. Not only in the age to come, but in the age present. I will give you all that you need. I will show you the way. I will teach you how it is to live in this world so that you might know the goodness of God in the here and in the now. The next time you hear the song by Marvin Gaye, remember the power of desire and that God can work with that in a way that is fruitful to the kingdom. Let that song turn into a prayer for you. How is it, Lord? that I can allow my desire to be your desire? How is it, Lord, that I can let what my longings are to be only satisfied in you? Jesus said to us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek it first, and all these things will be added to you. Thanks be to God. Amen.